In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. And this is episode number 128, Loser. We are back to our normal themed episodes. We're starting a new seasonal theme, I guess. Yes. The 90s. The 90s. And who knows? It might be 90s pop. Might be 90s R&B. Might be 90s alternative. We're going to go all over the place. We don't know. But it's going to be great. And our first one is Loser by Beck. Yeah, you, I mean, I would think that as soon as I said loser, you wanted yes. to sing, I'm a loser, baby. So why don't you kill me? Why don't you kill me? Yeah. Which is devastating <laughs> lyrics when you really just speak them. When you listen to it all. I mean, yeah. catchy song. Do you remember then, the video? There's like a robot in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What a great song. Oh, I was confusing it in my head with losing my religion for a second. Oh, that's devastating too. Because he's like in the corner. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight. Yeah, but then he's, he's just re- like in a, in the video. He's very yeah. It's a creepy kind We're of. We're confusing our themes here. Woo! We're confusing. Woo! Sorry, them. Back get it back out. to loser. loser. Get back to I'm loser. A loser baby. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I guess when we were talking about this, we were thinking about books and and pop culture picks that would kind of deal with the idea of loser or mm-hmm. maybe feature a loser. But then it got us thinking, like, what do we think a loser is? Yes. What do you think a loser is, Erin? It's a difficult definition. Yeah. I think. Um, I guess my own personal view of a loser mm-hmm. is like, like a hypocrite, like always a victim while they're victimizing someone. Oof, yes. Like that's a loser to me. Like yeah. someone who has just completely lost the entire thread of life. So Republicans. Primarily. Yes. yes. I don't uh-huh, want to uh-huh. put them all in there because I'm oh, sure I that- Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I do, but I, uh-huh. you know, I was trying to be a little <laughs> bit fair, but yeah, I just feel like it's, you know, you're just always willing to take that even when you're looking at other people's suffering. Yeah. And yeah. to me, it's a, it's- it's a bigger definition than people want it to be. You know, they use mm-hmm. the word loser and they toss it around, but that's not really 
like the society's definition isn't the same. It's different. You know? It's different. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't agree with that necessarily. That's yeah. not the way I really categorize people. It's just someone who I think is just lost. They just are only about themselves and that is it. And I think you're right. I think uh, like society would define a loser almost as like an outsider or something, yes, you know, someone yeah. who is uh, like single in a coupled world or someone who is fat in a, you know, skinny world, mm-hmm. like all the people that don't fit the nice uh, definitions and boundaries. But you're right. I like your definition. I think also that. It's somebody without self-awareness, yeah. somebody without humility, somebody uh-huh. that doesn't want to learn or uh-huh. that's not willing to learn. Yeah, you know? not willing is yeah. a big, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at, say, the uh, the hearings to, or the hearings, the election, whatever, the whole Kevin McCarthy debacle, it felt very much like all of those people are supposed to be winners, right? They've made it to the House of Representatives. But I say, especially that Freedom Caucus, they're all losers. Yeah, I mean, you really couldn't watch that without being struck by the fact that, like, I feel like growing up and even through some of my adulthood, I looked at politicians or Congress senators as as inaccessible, right? Yeah, I, yeah, almost for sure. a celebrity, but not a celebrity in the not traditional a cool sense. celebrity, yeah, right? More just like they're at a level that I I don't want to achieve, nor can I that type of thing. And now I'm realizing. That they're just like people you could meet at a coffee shop that didn't care about themselves enough to get into a very self-killing field <laughs> and perpetuate themselves up to the top. Yeah, yeah They're yeah. not really inaccessible. They're just scary. Yeah, they're scary. And they're, yeah, they're all the things that we just said. Yeah. They think they're better than yes, everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've been granted this power, but the reality is you actually have none. You have to like work together but then that's such a foreign concept that's a good point too like you would think that like a winner if we're thinking loser versus winner a winner has power Mm -hmm. right but then we look at that level of power and we're like okay but you're first off you're using power all wrong Mm -hmm. second off you don't really understand power Mm -hmm. and third you are not a winner yeah you are a loser baby i think it's also for society to define losers i think they take winner and then they can they add success to it because like People that claim to have power, there's some of them that still end up in the loser category, according to society. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of like, particularly domestic abuse situations, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. But when I think about society's view of success, it's like, oh, you have a summer home. Oh, you, you know, are de- decked out like you're going to go on your boat. Oh, yeah. you have nice clothes or you clearly have wealth. And somehow we've associated that with winning. Yeah. And that has become associated with who we want in power. And it's a very confused dynamic. And it's getting mixed up with morality. Yeah. Yes. Somehow, because you're making more money, you're a better person. Yeah. Somehow, because you have more power, you're a better person. When usually it's not that way. No, it's no, not that way. No, no, you're, you're no, 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 no. Well, that brings me to another question, Aaron. How do you define success then in your life? If we're thinking of like mm-hmm. winners, losers, success, all the things, mm-hmm. how do you define it? I don't. It's oh. undefinable. Okay. I think. In yeah. my own opinion, success is, a, is an abstract theory. There's no way to define it because yeah. it's so specific and so individual for each person. Yeah. Like what my level of success is, isn't going to m- mean anything to anyone else. So then by, by any definition, is it success? Mm-hmm. Like I've achieved it on my own, but then there's no real way to recognize that if it doesn't fit in certain boxes. So I think it's just an abstract theory that we've given one acceptable definition to. Yes. But like my goals are going to be very different than your goals mm-hmm. and or somebody else. You know, success to them might be a job where they can clock in at eight and leave at five and For sure. spend all their time doing passions at night or yeah. 
taking care of their family. And and we put down those things like, don't you want more? Or don't you want this? Or don't Mm -hmm. you want that? No. And that's great. Mm -hmm. That's how it should be. It should be a whole bunch of people that are achieving their own personal success Mm -hmm. that we're not all trying to live up to because then it eliminates so much of that stuff. It's just like the Instagram mom thing. You should just be doing what you want to do with your kids because you want to do it. Not because... That see down the street, you know, put together a haunted house that you can actually walk through mm. and is so stressed out. She frequently yells at her kids or has gotten her child for elf on the shelves, elves, elves on the shelf. Yeah. Elf on the shelf. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, I do know. <laughs> I do know what you mean. And yeah, that's that'll get you banned from my inner circle. I don't think quick. that's success. I think that's that's the opposite. Yeah, I think you've. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying. It's not working. And, you know, it's it's a good point. I think also our own definitions of success evolve over time mm-hmm. based on where we are in our life, based on our age, based on who's around us. And society's definitions don't change. They mm-hmm. don't allow that evolution, mm-hmm. which I think can then really, like once you age out of success, then you start feeling like, oh, shit, well, then what? what is this? What am I? You know, mm-hmm. who am I? That kind of thing. Whereas if we let ourselves evolve that definition, it's a little better. Yeah. I also think, you know, you mentioned something about like jobs that where you clock in eight to five. I saw an article this week that um, the jobs, the people that work the jobs that report the most like satisfaction and happiness in the jobs are the jobs that we would potentially not think of in that way. Right. Such as waste management, such yeah. as construction, such as like blue collar, you know, mm-hmm. working class, all those kinds of jobs where you're actually helping people. You're making a difference. You're doing things in the community. You're working with your hands. You're out in the world. You know, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. They report much higher satisfaction and happiness than, say, working in an office where we might think are the real winners, where right, the real power right. players well, are. And, uh, people from our crews say this all the time. Yeah. What they love about their job is that there's a tangible product at the yeah. end. They work really hard for two weeks and they walk away from someone's brand new beautiful bathroom. I totally they work get that. for three weeks and they've completely remodeled the kitchen and somebody's in love with it like they love that feeling because they spent the time and they can see it Mm -hmm. where i think a lot of times in our office or administrative type jobs we're working for a bigger purpose supposedly but we never see that come to fruition you're just like a cog yeah and so they're you're losing some job satisfaction because you're never actually producing something that you can take pride in Mm -hmm. or go wow that's a you know i really did it there yeah society assigns a weird value yeah to the jobs where you actually create something tangible versus sitting in an office and working for a corporate overlord right yeah, exactly. And I think we started it too young. We use success as a foothold to keep people down, yeah. which is why we start telling kids in kindergarten that grades matter more than anything else. Yes. That we, we're constantly, you got to achieve this, you have to know this, you have to do this. And that's none Your of that's true. test scores and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about our test scores. No. Nobody cares. What is the most, it, which I... Tell Mason every day, the most important thing to me is that you're kind. Yeah. I could go to a conference and they could say, that kid will not read anything but the book he bought, (laughs) but he is so kind to everyone and I would be ecstatic. But also he's reading too. Yeah. And and he would never do that. He would never disobey someone. But my point being that I just, there's just certain things that don't get emphasized that I think. Yeah. We're not teaching how to work with other people, how to be around other people, how mm-hmm. to trust ourselves, how to be the right person that we want to be, all those things. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's success on paper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he needs to learn these lessons now because soon he's getting old enough where he's going to encounter people who 
take advantage of his kindness. Are not kind. Well, yeah. and, and use yes. it to their advantage and get things out of him. And he's going to be disappointed. And yeah. I need him to learn those lessons while he's at home so that I can help him through it and mm-hmm. say, you still have to be kind. Even yeah. when people take advantage of you, even when people use you, mm-hmm. the hardest part of being kind is to then turn around and say, I'm not going to let this bring everything down. I'm going to yeah. move on. And that's the hardest thing. And society... And I debate all the time whether it's intentional or not, but they have, we, all of us have contributed and created to this idea that only allows a few people in and keeps everybody down. Yes. So it's competition amongst all of us. Yeah. And then it breaks that competition even further by gender, Mm -hmm. by race, by, Mm -hmm. you know, everything. Mm -hmm. So that there's only so many seats at the table. Right. Yes. Only so much success. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oof. We've talked ourselves into a, a tizzy. Woo. Well, okay, so if we go back to thinking about losers. Yeah. What is the biggest loser red flag for you? When they look like a winner. Yes. <laughs> I have some examples. Yeah, okay, good. A finance bro in a suit. Ooh. Talking about his cryptocurrency venture. That's going to go belly up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> a successful businessman who shows up to a date in a suit spouting Lee Iacocca. We all know that that's not comfortable, sir. That's not. <laughs> also, How are you going to eat anything? No. It's an ill-fitting suit, too. Oh, always, always, always. Yeah. Um, a senator. Yeah. Um, also, like, you see a lot of this in dating profiles. I'll tell you that. And Like, one where where they cling to a, a weird issue that's not really an issue. Like, oh. I think I sent you one recently where someone was basically – writing his whole personality bio about how vaping should be allowed more in in places. Mm-hmm. And that was the that was the cause he was hanging his hat on. You know, that was the most important thing yeah. to him. Yeah. I think he also listed himself as apolitical. <laughs> huh. So, you know, these are just some examples. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say uh-huh. is when like we were saying when people are hitting what society tells you is a success uh-huh. and then coasting on that presenting themselves as a winner because of because they have achieved, achieved those things or they say that they've achieved yeah. those things and really down to the heart of the matter i feel not like a great at person. this point we should be suspicious enough that there should be public service announcements just like <laughs> when i was younger i i know for a fact i know for a fact that it is deep within me coded guided taught that if a guy pulls up with a no window van and says, get run. in. I am going to run. I might not make it very far, but I'm going. But I feel like we haven't done a good job of saying, if this type of person approaches you, there is something else going on. If there is a man in an ill-fitting suit that comes up to you, offering you a beer instead of candy, you should run as well. You should run. If he says, oh, you should get in my hot sports car <laughs> and we should go down to this awesome bar, I know. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. no. If he spends a lot of money on you. In a weird largesse power move. That's a run, run, That's run. You about to have to put out. So you better get out of there. <laughs> and you don't want to put out with no, this person. Not with so that get guy. out. Get out. Get out. Listen, if you're going to get paid for it, you might as well get the money to spend on what you want. Exactly. So don't you make the decision for me exactly. and then expect something in return. Right. How dare you? How dare you? How, How dare, dare you? How dare you? Oh. So I think we figured it out. You we know, did. we started this discussion not really knowing what a loser is i think we've pinpointed it i should backtrack and say that i do love when you send me dating profiles because if there was ever (laughs) a way to define a loser 
Some oh, of them boy. are just. There's a lot of decisions made by people in creating their profiles that are suspect. So suspect. Starting with A, the photo that they choose. Yeah. I've sent you some very intense photos. Um, <sighs> two, you know, the, what they choose to put in their bio, uh-huh. whether it's all about vaping or, you know, a personality. Uh-huh. Um, three, as I've said, when someone says they're apolitical, that means that you are privileged enough that you don't have to worry about politics. So, yeah. nope, no thank you. Right. I kind of group moderate in there as well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's so many, yeah. so many mm-hmm. that this is how you present yourself to the world. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I've sent you so many alarming photos. I'm There's sorry, so I'm but sorry. I have to share them with you. Oh, no, I like So it. we can share like the pain. It. I get yeah. so excited when I get one. They're horrifying, but it's a great source of entertainment. And I will say, I like, I cannot get the snake one out of my head. Yeah, that, but. yeah, yep, nope, nope. Yeah. Oh, I think I blocked that right out as soon as I sent it to you. Yeah, I was like, here, should. share my pain. Go yeah, for it. Yeah. And, you know, I date both men and women, and usually the profiles they send you are men. Yeah, but yes. 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 Yeah. Mm hmm. And, you know, take from that what you will. Yeah. Yeah. You draw your own conclusions. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think about that while we're giving our picks and you draw your own conclusions. Yeah. Well, should we dive it? We should dive in. That's where I was going. Okay. okay. Somehow I added a G. I think like we're digging in, dig. maybe. Should we dig in? Yeah. I sort dig, of dive. Know, tried to go two different directions and then went down How a middle would you one. How dig and dive? Dig, dig and dive. dive. Dig and dive. Dig I? Dig, Let's dig, dig a vibe into these picks. <laughs> Starting new language in 2023. I like it. Well, my fiction pick mm-hmm. is called The Night Shift. Mm-hmm. And it's by Natalka Burian. Came out last year. And Jean is our main character. And she has quit her longtime job as an assistant to a well-known psychologist in New York. Mm-hmm. And instead, she's taken two new jobs, an evening shift at a bar and then a night shift at a bakery. And she is exhausted because of, you know, changing day to night shifts, but right. also working two jobs. And she's finding it really hard to make it on time to each shift. You know, New York City, it's spread out. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. So her work friend, Iggy, tells her about shortcuts. And in bars and restaurants and theaters and shops all over the city, there's these secret passageways. There's like a door down the hallway. You don't know where that door goes to. You open it up and suddenly you're in no space and time. You are somewhere else and you cross through and then you find yourself halfway across the city. Wow. Coming out another door. No one knows where these shortcuts come from, but Uh there are rules. You can only travel one way. Okay. You can only travel at night. And if you start feeling side effects, you should ease back. Okay. So Jean is pumped. Now she can make it to her shifts on time. Right. This is going to help her. But she does start feeling side effects that are pretty weird, including remembering things that she tried to forget. Uh Uh-oh. And then her friend Iggy disappears after using a shortcut. No. So Jean and some friends, they work to find him. But the search leads them in crazy directions, including t- to how the shortcuts were made, Ooh. how they connect to her former boss, mm-hmm. and how Jean can use them to travel back in time. Okay. So it, it's a really interesting story. It starts off kind of slow. You're just kind of getting used to Jean and this new job, trying to figure it out. And then suddenly there's these shortcuts and it kicks into high gear and you mm-hmm. don't know where it's going. Boom. 
So I chose it for this theme because Jean kind of, at the start, she's feeling kind of like a loser. Yeah. She, especially, she's taken these, what she would maybe call grunt jobs. She's turned into a night shift person. You know, that's not what we define as a winner, as, right? Yeah, exactly. And she's not really sure why she quit her old job. And when she thinks back, it was pretty cush. Like she'd worked for this lady for a long time. There was a relationship. She's still just not quite clear what drove her to do that. And that's making her feel even worse. Mm. And she's not sure why she has no direction, but she's just accepting this is who she is until she finds this mystery and this surprising connection. And it kind of kicks her back into high gear Mm -hmm. and starts thinking about her life again. Okay. So like I said, it's quiet, um, but it's really propulsive, really engaging. You don't know where it's going. And it's it's really satisfying. And it kind of makes you think about you know, the different levels of jobs that people can work at different points in their lives. Like when, when you're satisfied, when you're not, you know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds good. If you had a shortcut, would you use it? Oh man. I mean, (sighs) we're also live in a city where we drive. So there's that. Yeah. And I guess I was like already adapting it. Like if I had a shortcut to get certain things done faster, right? Would I take. I mean, it? you I spend a good portion of your day driving. I do. I do. Yeah. There's that's facts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just with kids and activities and stuff. What if you but, had a door in your house where you could just kick Mason through and he ends up at school, and then another door in your house you could kick Evan through and he oh ends my up God. at school? Yes, I'm done. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as long as I could agree that the side effects would happen to me and not them. Yeah, that's that's nice of you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I feel a little guilty. Like for sure. Yeah. You know, mom guilt right away. Like, uh, oh, course. my own laziness caused them to have side effects. Like that's <laughs> yeah, your laziness. Yeah. <laughs> Not wanting to have more hours in the day for, you know, no. making money and no. the job. Yeah. No, uh-huh. I've tried to reframe driving completely as audiobook time. And that's so then, then I save audiobooks that I really like Ooh. and I only allow myself to listen to them in the car. So I'm actually excited. That's a great way to reshift it's it just, and reshape yeah, it. It's just yeah. tricking myself. Like I, I should fall, know what I'm doing. I'm doing it to myself. But you're making but, use of, I mean, you can't really yeah. change that you have to drive so much. Yeah. So you're making use of that time. It's yeah. fantastic. It's great. It's great. You are doing work for this show, in fact. Yes. So don't use shortcuts. Keep driving, Erin. Do it. Okay. All right. The uh, fiction pick that I brought this week is called Post Traumatic by Shit. Chantel V. Johnson. Okay. And this came out in April 2022. It's a novel. It's a debut novel. And it is a doozy. Uh, Vivian appears to have it all together on the outside, like a true success story. Like we put her in the upper part. She's a dedicated lawyer at a New York psychiatric hospital where she advocates for mentally ill patients for them to be, you know, to come back out and go into society. Um, you know, she was the first person in her family to go to college. She moved away. There's all these things that are success. But behind the scenes, memories of her bad childhood and trauma constantly cause dysfunction and disruption in her mm. everyday life in, in very seemingly innocent ways, but ways that we see increasingly throughout the novel are more and more problematic. Even though they're just dealing with daily things, it's there's a lot more going on there. So she's been self-medicating for years with drinks, dieting, weed, and men. And it all comes to a head when she goes to a family reunion, and it causes a spiral that she can't correct with her current patterns. She just can't shake it or get out of it. Um, And then from there, it's all about kind of her realizing some of these things and, and how you get out of that. Disclaimer number one, I did not like this book for the first half. Oh. I have no idea... Why I didn't stop. I was going to say, that's I had no idea. I kept thinking I should stop. But for some reason, I kept going. 
the character's incredibly real, but also dark and mean and not very mm. likable sometimes. And then the second half took off like a coaster, and I started catching glimpses of myself in the character. Oh! And I realized, oh my God, this author is an absolute genius. <laughs> I didn't like this book because I probably subconsciously you saw, yeah. saw some things, and then I was like, whoa. Now I can kind of, you can kind of reshape it because it's really challenging how we view post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh. It's challenging what we put in that category. Mm -hmm. Generally, our general um, definition or accepted definition is like wartime, right? We've got, that's PTSD, or you've gone through some big trauma, like you survived a fire or yeah. a horrible car crash. But we don't talk a lot about like repeated trauma mm -hmm. that comes in small bits or things that you endured when you were a child that are still, you haven't fully dealt with and how that can present itself in the same type of symptoms. So that brings me to disclaimer number two. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of trigger warnings for this book. I'm talking about family drama, sexual abuse, physical abuse, eating disorders, assault, and more. It is a tough read in a lot of ways. It's incredibly insightful and hopeful mm -hmm. in other ways. And it is worth the journey. But if any of those resonate with you or you know yourself and just like, I can't. Like we yeah. talk about that. There's some things that I just can't read. Absolutely. That, it, that And that is okay. Like don't feel like this is like everybody has to read it. That's not what I'm saying at all. Or maybe set it aside for a time when yeah, maybe you you're, feel more you're okay. Like, yes. You're open to that. Yeah, exactly. for sure. I just want you to have that warning because the book itself does not have any trigger warnings. Mm -hmm. So No, that's good to know. Yeah, that's great to just, know. Just so you know. And I'm a novel, you might not think we're going to get into as, you know, as many – really into some of the philosophy of that that can really coincide with your own personal philosophies Oof. of things, which is always, I think, yeah. a bigger trigger warning because, ooh, but also rewarding in a reading yeah, experience. That'll get you if it'll you're not expecting you. it. It really will. I'm it really, really fascinated by your continue on, continuance, excuse me, where you were not liking it and then you just kept going. I know. And it doesn't make sense because you and I have, have talked about this on so the many times that yeah. we've gotten to the point in our reading lives where we just stop. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I had stopped another book at the same time. And I have, I truly don't know what made me keep going. That's fascinating. So well, there's something the way she wrote that I kept thinking, I'm not seeing something, I'm not understanding, which is our normal mode. Oh, yeah. Right? Which oh, is yeah. why I've had to teach myself, like, no, if you don't connect with it, you don't connect with it. Right. But this, it was just different in enough of a way that I was like, I can't quite figure out what she's doing. Hmm. And so let me, let me get there, I guess. Well, it also shows, you know, we've talked about we quit books sometimes just because it's hitting us at the wrong moment mm -hmm. or it's coming at us at the wrong moment. Mm -hmm. And so it's not to say that if you had put this aside that it was a bad book. It right. was just for some reason, maybe one of those triggers got you or something. But Absolutely. in this case, you persisted. I persevered. you discovered this person's a genius. Pretty much a genius, I've decided. Yeah. I Good mean, Lord. for a debut novel and to Ooh. pull off some of this stuff, it is very well done. Um, and again, it, there's so much and I would imagine so many varying opinions about it but it's a good one it's mm. just it's just a tough one so i want everyone to to take care of yourself and mm -hmm. you know nobody gets a prize for reading all the books we recommend <laughs> so don't put yourself through anything that's good and we probably shouldn't do that prize although if we wanted to start our own book it program we would have oh i mean that's kind of terrific oh boy yeah we may not want to be able to we may not uh give the prize of pizza as in the original book it because a copyright or trademark or something yeah and then b you know like a lot of people don't think that pizza can be a vegan even though it can so it could you know give right. us something people else do make <gasps> the mistake. big acai oh, big we acai. could partner with big acai oh. 
Oh. For a book it program. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. We'll keep thinking. We'll keep thinking it through. I got we'll some ideas. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Some All ideas right. bubbled to the surface. That was a you good know, one. There's so many times yeah. that people who are listening to our episodes hear the start of a business idea. And thus far, we haven't used any of them. But this could be the one. Oh, they're still around there. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, sorry, I never told you why I picked it for this. Oh, theme. yeah, yeah. I picked it for this theme because she's struggling against this tradi- traditional view of a loser yeah. and success where she supposedly has the outside success, success, but inside she feels like a loser because yeah. she can't manage things. She can't get at things. And maybe her personal goals need to look different than, you know, this job or that job or whatever. So that feels like the fight, too, that we, especially women, have where it's, um, what we want versus what we should want or what we yes. do versus what we should yes. do. So it's the, the should, you know, mm-hmm. the idea of what we should be um, living our lives by, which is so tied to this winner and loser thing mm-hmm. and to traditional definitions of success. 100%. Yeah. Well, for my other genre pick, I've got a book called Diary of a Misfit, a memoir and a mystery. Oh, yeah. This comes from Casey Parks and it came out last year. And this is part memoir. It's part investigation. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) You said that really weird. Like it wasn't all good. I don't know. Yeah. I thought you were going to be a and I'm like, what am I supposed to be picking up on? I don't know what I was going for there. Okay. If I was trying for a joke. And I just entertained myself. I don't know what I was doing there. I it thought didn't you were work. sending me code, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. I'm failing you. As if we couldn't just say it. <laughs> we're in some secret bunker, and right. we're not right. allowed we're to actually code. speak. Yeah. I need help. And you're like, it's all good yeah. <laughs> that's like when we think the podcasts are you know like yeah. listening in or something and that's when we need to speak code yeah but they're not around there so it's no fine around no none of them no, no. Hmm. so anyway it's Dad. good <laughs> it's okay. good it's all good <laughs> so casey parks grew up in a very poor and very religious family in the south so much so that when she came out to her mother as a lesbian, mm. her mom rejected her, mm-hmm. and their family pastor in front of the whole congregation asked God to kill her. Whoa! Yep. But then Casey's grandma, uh, yeah, let that sit for a minute. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I it's, thought you were going to say like conversion camp, which is horrible nope. enough, but then just straight, just strike her God, down. Take her away. Power let God. her go. Let it go. Let her go. Jesus. Yeah. Thankfully, in that moment, her dad was like, wait, wait, what? You just tell God to kill my daughter? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Mom didn't say anything. Anyway, but then Casey's grandma during all this is supportive. And she tells Casey, I grew up across the street from a woman who lived as a man. Hmm. And knowing that Casey is a budding journalist, grandma tells Casey to find out what happened to that neighbor. So for a decade... Casey seeks out Roy Hudgens. That grandma's a genius. Right? She seeks out this person, Roy, and mm-hmm. the mystery around his life. And Casey originally intends for this to be a documentary. So for years, she's okay. making trips to rural Louisiana with a camera crew, uh, knocking on doors, digging through rec- records, searching for Roy's diaries. And we find out a lot of things about Roy. We find out he sang country songs and wrote country songs. We find out that he was this fixture in the community, in this very like rural, isolated community, and no one really cared. But Casey wants more. She wants yeah. to know who he was, what he felt, what he thought, and how he dealt with being a sort of other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
she wants to know this for the story, but she also wants to know this because she, of course, is grappling with her own stuff. She's uh-huh. grappling with her sexuality. She's grappling with trying to reconcile with this family that treated her so poorly. Yeah. Um. So we get through the book, we get lots of stories of her own journey and her own troubled family and figuring out what she wants to do and who she is. Mm-hmm. So I chose it for this theme because I-, I think a lot of times we think of losers as sort of others, mm-hmm. right? Like I mentioned at the start, like people who don't fit society's definitions of what we should be, mm-hmm. people who don't fit the norm. So in some ways, Roy Hudgens was a loser, didn't fit in. Yeah. And Casey herself might be a loser because she's a misfit. And she, at least in the community that she grew up in, she doesn't fit in right. anywhere. And she doesn't see herself anywhere, which is part of this huge, you know, search for her is to try and find this person that might be kind of like her in a way, you uh-huh. know, an other in the same sort of way. Um, so, like I said, it's an investigation to connect to, you know, I'm putting in quotes, losers right. here, and to find meanings in their lives and in their connections. Mm-hmm. So it's really fascinating, uh, really touching. There are some, I should mention some trigger warnings here as well, you know, with some very troubled family stuff. Yeah. Um, some real homophobia. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, got that from <laughs> yeah, the whole, right you know, off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough book in mm-hmm. a lot of ways and it's the the product of 10 years of searching and soul searching and actual searching and but it's it's really well done and a wow. really really good book it sounds amazing yeah oh i'm gonna have to read that one i think yeah i know we always do this because i'm like i want to read it and I know. then it doesn't gonna go to the I'm end gonna have to. you're gonna, gonna have, have to. to yep sounds too good all right. Well, my uh, next pick should probably also come with a trigger warning, but I feel like after I tell you the title, you'll understand. Okay. And you make your own decision, but it's called Confidence Man, The Making of Donald Trump and the Breaking oh, of America. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so a trigger warning for most of America. Yes. Yes. Yep, yep, okay. Yep, By yep, Maggie yep, 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 yep. Haberman. Okay. Haberman, I think is how you say it. Um, this is obviously nonfiction, came out in October 2022. And I would say more specifically than a biography, it's sort of a examination of Trump and his presidency specifically, although it does start in his childhood, but to okay. give you the view of how he was raised and mm. kind of where his business ideas and how business worked came from. So you might recognize the name of the author as she's a New York Times reporter, and she's also one that Trump repeatedly tweeted about during his time at tenure in the office because she's reported on Washington, D.C. for a long time. And so she would be – her byline would be on stories, and he would tweet about her. Negatively, I assume? Yes. But he also seemed like to hold her in this weird esteem as well. Like he – he would often grant her interviews and, in fact, did after he le- was done with the presidency and out of the White House, granted her an interview for the end of this book. Um, it, so it's an interesting dynamic to see. And I think the very dynamic of their relationship, she does a good job of showing exactly why that is, just mm-hmm. based on how he grew up and how he led, how he chose to lead, what he chooses to be important, those types of things. Um, it's wild. In the only way that a Trump book could be like there's so many stories and sources and behind the scenes information about big events that we watched go down 
you know, nationally, you know, just throughout the presidency, just different meetings or things that we heard come out in the press mm-hmm. or, you know, all all these things that were very defining, even stories about like when he first decided to run and some of the things that happened. You know, she's very open in one of the parts that no one on his team actually expected him to win the 2016. <laughs> so they were completely unprepared for the transition. They hadn't done any work on what he was actually going to do or how this was actually going to work. I mean, there was still confusion about what he was going to do with his NBC contracts and like all of these things. So it's just fascinating to get such a look at behind the scenes and feel sort of, you know, uh, I want to say vilified, but that's not the right word. You know what I'm saying? Like to feel like vindicated. vindicated there we go. Okay. Vindicated yeah. in what we thought and yeah. then it, have it be true. But what I found even more fascinating was the business side. I was so interested to learn about his father and his grandfather's business and how that translated for him and things that are hailed as his business successes that mm-hmm. actually aren't successes at all. Um, so I, it was, that part was so fascinating to me because it played such a large part in the psychology of him getting yeah. elected. And it played such a large part in the psychology of how he leads. Mm-hmm. So... It, very interesting. I think she does um, a, f- a good job of being, you know, fairly straightforward, like not overly biased, um, which, you know, because sometimes that can, can take away like from the, the power of the yeah, book sure. to just get yeah. the facts, you know, lots of interesting insights. Um, I loved getting into all the nitty gritty about the history, but I will tell you this book is long. It's like, 500 and some pages, I think. So it's a commitment. Okay. And I would say that it's not one of those books where you can really like dip in and dip out because Mm -hmm. you're dealing with a lot of the same characters and you're going through history at a pretty quick pace. So I couldn't really give myself the downtime because to try and keep those characters top of mind to know how shocking some of these things were, you kind of needed to like stay in it. Okay. But yeah. So that's an interesting uh, examination of loser. Right, and that's winner. why, yeah. yeah, that's why I picked it for this theme because I, it's fascinating to me his views of success compared to other people, and basically his whole entire life is created around this idea of not being a loser. Mm. What he yeah. deems loser, I mean, he uses that word frequently. Mm-hmm. What a loser! And his whole persona, everything's built and is scared of being a loser. So much so that you're, you attack a reporter, but you also grant an interview because you're sure you can convince her that you're not a loser. Mm-hmm. It's just all built around that. It's Which you can tell just comes from such a deeply hidden, insecure place. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like classic narcissist stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No sense of self and everything. Yeah. 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Even if you think that you know a lot of about his presidency or time, uh, there was just so much stuff in there that I thought was so fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I might need to uh, wait a few more years. Yeah. Give it some more time. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but I still need more. I get that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, she really, this came out really quick, but yeah. Wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, for pop culture, yeah. I've got a tonal shift for us. Okay. Good. A little, uh, a little comedy, which is what we need, I think. Yes. In this moment, it's a movie on Hulu and it's called Rosaline from 2022. So if we remember our classic literature, Romeo and Juliet, Mm -hmm. when we meet Romeo, 
Oh my god! He's talking about yes. how much he loves a girl named Rosalind. Yeah. But as soon as he meets Juliet, Rosalind's in the dust. She See is ya. gone. Yeah. Yes. So this movie follows Rosalind, and it's Caitlin Deaver. Oh no! And this Rosalind, sounds amazing. Yes, Rosalind is deeply in love with Romeo, and then she watches him fall for someone else who happens to be her cousin. No. But don't worry, this is a comedy, as I said. It's got Caitlin Deaver. Minnie Driver plays her nurse. Um, and a great cast of really funny people. It's it's just, uh, yeah, it's such a clever concept. Yeah. It's such a great take on it. Um, and Rosalind, you know, once she figures out that this great love of hers, Romeo, is moving on, she does what a lot of people, a lot of women might do and tries to sink the claws in deeper, tries to yeah. get him back, tries yeah. to show that she's the one to love yeah, and to sort of sabotage the yeah. relationship between her and uh, uh, between him and uh, Juliet. But of course, her, you know, machinations get interrupted in some very funny ways. And along the way, she meets another guy. Who, who knows? Might be a better choice for her Good. down the road. Yeah. yeah. And over time, of course, you know, she wants her cousin to be happy. So she gets involved in the events that we know from the play in some oh. really clever ways. And it makes a very different and satisfying and funny story. And you've got to stay for the end credits because there's some there's some great especially if you know the story yeah if you know yeah it's great okay so i chose it for this theme because rosalind loves romeo but then she is the ultimate loser in classic lit and gets you know thrown mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. but in this story she maybe gets a better deal and the bargain because we know what happens yeah yeah it's not great it's not good and also if you're gonna change your mind so quickly romeo maybe you're a fickle little prick who knows i would agree i would agree right yeah, yeah. Also, I, I like the idea, you know, of winning or losing a man in a competition between women. It sort of plays with that idea of who's a loser, who's a winner and yeah. subverts it. And I really like that as well. Well, it also plays to the idea that like, I'm sorry, a guy that can move on that quick to the next person when you're mm-hmm. so in love with this person is exactly the type of person that's going to commit a murder suicide. <laughs> He's exactly the kind Obsessive. of person that's going to be a loser. Yes. A bad, bad He's loser. going to bring you down. Bring people down with him. Bring you down. Yes. Yeah. No. So yeah, it's no. wonderful. Oh, that sounds and, amazing. You know, uh, at first you think, oh, maybe they're doing the iambic pentameter, and then it shifts in a really great way, and you're like, oh, this is a di- no. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, good mm-hmm. deal. I cannot wait. That sounds amazing. Speaking of, what was your favorite adaptation of Romeo and Juliet? Because there were so many, but I think <sighs> our primary one, right? Yeah, was 1996. Baz Luhrmann. Yes. Yeah. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Claire I love Danes. that version. It's so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It is. I saw it in the movie theater. Yes. Obsessed. Just the way it was filmed. Everything. Yes. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Like the frenetic energy of it fit it so well. I didn't really. I mean, obviously I had read Romeo and Juliet and I was like, man. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a story that really like, I was like, oh, I love this story. You know, like I remember loving Greek mythology. Oh, but yeah. this I was like, meh, it's okay. And but then when I saw that movie, I like i fell for that story hard. I was like, oh, gosh, there's so much here that yeah. I, you know. I think when um, we read Romeo and Juliet in school, they maybe showed us the, like, the film version from the 60s. Yeah. And, it, you know, it just, it was fine, but it just didn't translate to our early 90s teen audience. No, you know? no. So, yeah, when Leo and Claire Danes came out, this oh, is it. This, this is, is us. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, I also brought a movie film. Movie film? Movie film. A cinematic experience? A cinematic experience. Okay. 
called Emily the Criminal, mm. which you can now stream on Netflix. It stars Aubrey Plaza as a woman who's trying to deal with her enormous student debt, but can't oh. find a job that pays enough for her to get out from under it because Relatable. the interest keeps compiling and then they add fees and all of these things. So every time she thinks she's getting ahead, she gets pushed back. And then she's offered by a coworker a chance to make $200 for like an hour or two of work. She just has to show up at this place and they'll explain it. So when she goes, she knows pretty immediately that something about this is illegal. Okay. Like she's okay. going to be asked to take a credit card that's not hers, go to a store, buy a very expensive item, and then give these people the item. And oh. that's the $200 that she earns. Okay. And she has a lot of trepidation about it. Uh-huh. And, but then she does it. And then they give her the money. And then he says to her, would you be interested in a $2,000 job? And she says, no. But then, of course, says yes. And so things keep increasing. The level mm. of mm. danger, the level of legal activity increases with each level that you're making money at, right? But what I think is the genius of this movie is that somehow these illegal enterprises bring Emily alive. She's Ooh. like more and more and more this person that you like want to root for and that you're just sort of enamored with. And I picked this theme because part, a big part of it is like watching Emily decide she's just not going to take shit anymore. That's done. It's over. And her making consciously making that decision in each scene where it happens and then watching her play it out is just wonderful. It's not particularly funny. It's kind of got a dark edge to it, but it is fascinating. And those scenes were so good where she mm. just, she kind of starts to resort to the old, just like, oh crap, I'm, you know, this is, I'm failing again. And then be like, you know what? No, no, I'm not failing. And it's just only Aubrey Plaza could pull that yeah. off, I think. Yeah. As well as it is in this uh -huh. movie. It's, it's a joy. Oh boy. I mean, it seems like easy money. This is how you fall into the trap. This isn't is it? how you fall into the trap. Yeah, me thinking, oh, I could make two thousand dollars. Hmm, mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so I need to watch out for people offering me this because I'm going to fall for it, aren't I? Yeah, okay. I feel like if you watch the movie, you'll have a good idea of the red flags. Okay, I think okay. it's not hard. Right. I mean, right. I don't think she I, there at any point she doesn't know that this is bad. Okay. Like, okay, uh, she willingly does it. But so. then you have to make some decisions, and maybe those decisions are easy. Who knows? Right, you just don't know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. Great ending. Do you think so. I'll come away wanting to be a criminal? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. I think the anxiety and stress that no, you watch her go handle. through, you're not going to willingly want to talk. I get to so anxious on. and stressed about things that are just part of normal day-to-day -day life that are legal. Right. Yeah. And necessary mm -hmm. to add on illegality. Mm -hmm. Probably not great. No. Hmm. No. Not the best, probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listen. We all have different definitions of success. Def definitions. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, we mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. And Emily the Criminal has a great one. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, summary of this week is that I don't, nobody should be saying I'm a loser so somebody killed me. No. Because <laughs> you're not, you're not. And there's no reason for that. If you're listening to us, you are absolutely not a loser. No, in you're no in the way upper whatsoever. echelon of people in the world. Yes, you are a high caliber of person. So high. Doesn't matter what if you match the 
external definitions of success. Yeah, I don't give a shit about that. Good person. I already told you it's an abstract theory that you can't be achieved. So we're done. We're not even talking about it anymore. (laughs) Now you're getting aggressive again. I am getting aggressive. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I just was... And then I had a flashback to like, you know, high school and they try and do all those like, oh, most who's going to be the most successful? Yeah. You know, if you get voted most successful, you might want to take that as an insult. I got voted most successful. You're... Oh. <laughs> the most likely to succeed. I did. Okay, well that's that's a nicer. That's a different. That sounds different to me than most successful. And let's also consider where I came from. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I di- I ended up graduating and I didn't get pregnant before then, so, you know, yeah, I, I was doing true. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you went to co- I mean, yeah, there's yeah. I'm not I don't mean this for you. I just mean traditionally the people that they vote for most successful. It's true. Yeah. I feel like you should take a look. Are you wearing spheres? Are you wearing boat shorts? Because then you you might have an issue. I like seeing you sort of like backpedal. Yeah. And I didn't, realizing I, that like a, that, was, that a, was a surprise and you didn't that. know that. Yeah. yeah I didn't yeah. expect that. I also got voted most likely to make the most money. That didn't happen. Our superlatives were weird. Most likely to make the most money? Yeah. So you were so far above in intelligence that people thought she's going to put a man on the moon again. <laughs> Done. Here we go. Apparently, most successful, and obviously that earns money. So. Obviously that earns money. Yeah. So that's where I went. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So something about me screamed all of that. Mm-hmm. It's not true, but you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'm only middle aged. I still have life to live. You could be working on rockets next year. I we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Life is a twisty, twisty path. And of there's got to be a better way to make money than working with the Elon Musks of the world. I would much no, rather you would find start another. Your own I would start thing. my yeah. own. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're I would not gonna... be better at it. I'm not a rocket scientist, but I'm probably going to be better at it than he is. Yes. He. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's not a rocket scientist. <laughs> like he's not. He's a guy who thinks, as all guys who get power, yeah, that he's yeah. somehow super awesome. So much so that he thought a video of him carrying a sink into Twitter headquarters was just going to resonate with the masses. Yeah. And instead, everybody was like, wait, what? Huh? What you doing? Yeah. he. We should have brought him up as a prime example of loserdom yes. that appears to be a winner. When you put a poll on the own platform that you own that says, should I still run this platform? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's overwhelmingly no. No. That might be a time to play Beck's song over and over. Yep. That's an an ego hit right there. Yeah. You might need to spend some time inward. This might be time for a wellness retreat. (laughs) This might be some time for some, you know, meeting with some spiritual gurus. Yeah. You should probably get on a smoothie diet of some kind. Mm And yeah, just really find the clarity mm-hmm. that that will bring. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to count among all of our episodes in the last year how many times we have mentioned Mr. Musk, because I yeah. mean he's doing things that are mentionable and uh, loserish. Very. So well, you can't see his twists and turns coming. I no, mean, you can't. Prior to him, it was a lot of Jeff Bezos, but yeah, uh, you know, true. I guess that's a credit to Elon Musk's. Musk is, that's weird. That is weird. (laughs) Success that he's replaced him in my mind. Uh, That's a good point because you were gunning for Jeff Bezos. And and that's still there. there, But yeah, yeah, this is, you know, it's a different thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Now we've got an even more concrete definition of what a loser is. Got one away from the episode. Mm -hmm. So if you're not Elon Musk, well done, listeners. Yes. You are living life right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Killing it and belling it. Were you freestyling then? (laughs) 
<laughs> you were editing the episode with a little freestyle rap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But that should never happen again. I don't know why. Oh. I started freestyling. Well. But. <laughs> Where do we go from there? I don't know. I'm going to cross okay. stitch you a pillow that says killing it and billing it. <laughs> I will proudly display that. Good. Okay. That good, pillow. Good, good, yeah. Good. Yeah. We need a matching killing it and billing it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that even mean? <laughs> oh my god! If I ever become like a really high up CEO of a big corporation, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's gonna be the, that's gonna be it. That's gonna be the thing that I do all the team building on. All of the meetings are going to have the theme, we are killing it and billing it. And I'm never going to explain it. Never. This feels like shake and make from Ricky Bob. Yeah. You got to shake it and break it. Yeah. It is, you got to kill it and then bill it. it. You're right. Yeah, you do. You got to add it to your email signature starting and now. And they'll say, they'll put me on the top 10 of most influential business people because no one understands it. So they're yeah. all afraid that they, they don't know. understand exactly. it. Exactly. And then yes. I'll be like, it's just something stupid I it's, said one time in a freestyle rap on my book like, no, 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 it's brilliant. It's brilliant. the way I live yeah. my life. Yeah. You'll Kill get people tattooing it, it yeah. on their arms. Yeah. Yeah. Killing it, building it. Yeah. <laughs> I've like bros coming up to me in bro tanks lifting that have it on their muscles. They're like, I kill it, build it every yeah. day. And inside I'll be like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means. I made it up and I don't even yeah. know what it means. <laughs> oh boy. Winning, baby. Winning. Yeah. Winning. Winning. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll return in a couple of weeks. We will. With another another mm-hmm. 90s themed yes. theme. Yes. 90s themed theme. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Well, in the meantime, all we're going to be doing is killing and building it. <laughs> and in the meantime, for you, <laughs> happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.